0: This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today's episode is I'm Disappointed in Myself. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you why it's so easy to turn a blind eye from things that are important to you and end up with massive disappointment on the backside. So I have a friend that I've spoken about a few times on this show. His name is Larod Smalls. L-E-R-R-O-D-S-M-A-L-L-S. Lerod's one of the gentlemen, one of the brothers that I met inside the Wake Up Warrior Brotherhood. Wake Up Warrior is something that I've been a part of for quite some time, founded by a guy named Garrett J. White. If you're interested in what that is, head over to wakeupwarrior.com. I am not an affiliate. I don't get paid for that. Me going through their programs and methodology has completely changed who I am as a person got to pay credit where credit is due. And that's what the basis for this very conversation is. You see, Lerod Smalls was one of the first men that I came across inside the Warrior Group. Now, Lerod, fortunately or unfortunately, as we refer to as Smalls, in the first event that I went to, which was a 300-person event, Lerod stuck out a little bit. See, Smalls, as he's so eloquently referred to, is one of the only black guys in the room. He, a few other men, that's it. A room of 300 people, he is less than 10% of the room. Smalls is also boisterous, outgoing, caring, compassionate, humorous. He's gregarious. There's almost an infectious way that we are all drawn to Smalls. And so inside of this group, there is not really a black or white. We're all together as one, but nonetheless, a racial understanding exists. Although we are not the same, we are the same. And Smalls and I, for whatever reason, hit it off. Not so much so that we stay in touch necessarily, but enough that we Remember each other. Work with me here. This be, this becomes relevant. Fast forward almost an entire next year. Many things have went on in both his and I's life. There's been changes, upheavals. There's been things that have moved. And I might be having part of this story wrong. Doesn't really much matter. Land in Southern California land at the event, I'm at the airport, I'm flying from one city, Miles, my best friend at the time, is flying in from Columbus, Ohio, we're in the airport, I'm waiting for him to get there, and then I see Smalls and Kendrick, guys that I met at actually Business Summit, which was just a few months earlier, I see them. Hey guys, this is Miles, we we meet, we connect, we end up going to a a local restaurant to grab a bite to eat right around the corner from the airport. We do that because we hit it off. We're sharing stories. I'm talking marketing. They're getting to know Miles, I'm getting to know them better, right? We're seeing the trials and tribulations that we've all went through, and we're excited for what's to come over the next two and a half days in in Laguna Beach. We go down to Laguna Beach. We spend that time together, and our bond grows deeper. Now we've exchanged numbers: Kendrick, Smalls, Miles, and I. And there's a bond, a, an actual brotherhood that's now been created. I share this because over the next few months, Smalls and Miles, I we all stay in touch. If you're new to the show, you wouldn't know that Miles, my best friend at the time, passed away March 3rd of now last year. Smalls, living in New York City, Brooklyn, to be specific, realizes this, communicates back and forth with, I can't remember at this point if it's myself, my wife, or sees things online, takes it upon himself to hop in his car at 2 o'clock in the morning and drive across the country to be at his calling hours, celebration of life, burial service, whatever the right term is. Now, here's a man that I've spent at most three days with in my life, Had a handful of conversations with, have a bond with but didn't know it was this strong, who hops in his car and drives across the country to support me in a time of need. He also had a close bond with Miles, so it makes sense as to why he came. But he drove, he stayed for a bite to eat, then he got back in his car and drove back to New York. As time progresses, I end up going to Warrior Week, which is a different event. we we'll cover that on other shows. Smalls eventually goes to Warrior Week. Him and I stay in touch. Things are important. He feels called and compelled, much as I do at some point, to start leading men somewhere new in their life. Smalls creates something called Rise of the Black Warrior. Because there are things inside the black, African-American, whatever community it is you want to... Itemize it. I don't want to discredit that. I just don't want to call it the wrong thing. Inside of his community, inside of where he lives, he sees things from a perceptive reality that I'm unable to see from mine. He is so passionate and so steadfast in his conviction to changing the outcome of the black society that he creates, Rise of the Black Warrior. Now in conversation with him, I say, I will gladly come over to New York and support your event. If you need help there, if you need someone to process things, if you need me to be a part of it, because he has a small collective group. Those of you that are hip-hop fans or political activist fans, he has KRS-One come and speak at his event. One of the original pioneers of political-minded hip-hop, as well as an incredible lyricist. Someone that's just an amazing influence. One thing leads to another, and I either become self-indulged, self-important, or forget. I don't end up making it to his event. Not a big deal, right? We have a friendship. We have a bond. It's not an issue. It doesn't even come up when him and I have another conversation. I communicate with Smalls that I'm going to yet another Warrior event at the end of this past year. Tell him he's more than welcome. If he can come out, he can stay with me in the room, no cost, no charge at all. I share this part of the story because one thing leads to another, and again, I can't remember what it is, but I don't make it to the event. combination of something that either went on with Lindsay and her health, Zeus, our pit bull and his health, or some stuff that went on with Gianna. I remember it distinctly that there was a reason as to why I couldn't go, but I don't remember what the reason was. Smalls calls me as he's heading to the airport. He might even be at the airport, and I say, man, I completely forgot. I am not able to come. It puts him in a scramble mode. But Smalls is a good guy. He doesn't care, right? He rolls with the punches, and the way that we worked as a group, he was brought in with open arms, and he stayed with somebody else. There was no skin off his back nor the man that he stayed with. Fast forward a little while longer, and those events happen in September, October, maybe November. does not matter the timetable. What does matter is him and I don't have any conversations. We fall out of touch. I take on my 32, 33, 34, 35 clients. I grow the business. I sell a business. I focus on myself, my family. I become, again, incredibly self-involved. And I have this man that supported me in my darkest hour that I have not reached out to. So he, being the man that he is, reaches out to me. Says, hey, we got to clear the air. Let's get on a conversation. You see, there's no way for him to know that if he's messaging me or calling me and he's being sent to voicemail, it's not out of disrespect. It's out of the fact of, I have no time for myself. And the calls that I wish I could make, that I make excuses to why I can't, I physically don't know how to make because there's only so many hours in each day. And so yet two more weeks pass. And I'm back from an event in Dallas, Texas, and I see today that he called. And I had a free 30 minutes. And so I finally pick up the phone and call him. And as I've seen him post on social media and I see the incredible success he's had inside of his Rise of the Black Warrior as well as his new podcast that he just launched as well as inside the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu arena, dojo, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to downgrade I just want to make sure I'm paying homage to what's impressive. Here's this man that's lost 40 or 50 pounds. It's dominating in a sport in his early late 30s, early 40s that has completely changed and transformed his life and is now calling me And from his social media posts, I could feel that there was tension. I was feeling it because of my internal guidance system saying that something was wrong. But I admittedly had no recollection of what I had done wrong to make me feel that way. You see, I knew that he hadn't done anything to me because he'd only ever been supportive in my life. But on my side, I'm sitting there thinking, why do I feel this way? But yet in having that feeling, I never reached out. I just sat with it, right? Because so much of this life, the perceptive reality that you might have of me, that I might have this all figured out or know exactly what to do at every time and that I have this magic force to always know the right answer, that's a lie. I don't. And if I've said it or I've left you with that impression, I apologize. Because I only know what I know from what I've been through and really what i fucked up. And this is one of those times where I'm disappointed in myself for the way that I handled the situation up until today. Because in today's phone call, the first 10 minutes are this awkward back and forth of just general catch-up. Because even as he's speaking to me, I have no idea what I've done wrong. But I know I did something wrong. I don't remember not going to his event. I don't remember not going to WarriorCon. I don't remember not calling him when he called me. I don't remember this because it wasn't important to me in the moment because I did not make it important. It is not his fault, it is mine. So he finally says, man, we got to clear the air. I'm feeling some sort of way about this. And he lays out everything I just shared with you. And I said, man, I think apologies are kind of bullshit because in the moment I'm conscientious of everything that I'm doing. It's a choice that I make in the present moment to support or go against either my word or what you need. So for me to apologize for not going to an event that I said I would go to, would be a little disingenuine. Because had it been that important to me, had my word to you been that important, I would have shown up. He shares with me, man, it's not not like that from his side. He enjoys hearing an apology based off the fact of knowing that there was something that someone could have done better. And so I share it openly. I never want to hurt someone's feelings. I never want to go back on my word And I certainly, this man that I have met, that I have a bond with, that's doing incredible things, I want him to know that I'm in his corner, not only from my words, but from my actions. And so I share all this. And we laugh about it, because I own it upright, outright, forthright. I say Smalls, I literally became self-consumed, self-involved, and did not give a fuck about you or your feelings, and I made my own decisions. And I apologize for the way that made you feel because I hold you in higher value than that, but my actions and my words do not align. And with one simple conversation, not that all is forgotten, but it is certainly forgiven. And we continue to go on a path where I'm catching him up on what I built in the business and some different partners I have and some things I've sold and some cups that I've moved around. And we pour back into each other like we never skipped a beat. So much so that the end of our conversation said, "Look, you and your wife have to get together with my wife and I because it's just there's just something there. We got to see what that is." And I couldn't agree more. And so it's this crazy turn of events to go from how disappointed I am in myself halfway through our phone conversation about how poorly I treated this man that's only been gold to me and my family. And then with such humility, understanding the fact that not only did I make a mistake, but that I was forgiven for it by just owning it. And then after owning it, it's like I never skipped a beat. It's like our friendship and relationship was at the exact same point that it was prior to ever going down this path. It's like everything we did was all like it once was. And as I'm sharing what I have built and how I build inside this coaching business and what I'm driven forward to, and the 125 million people's lives, and the fact that I know now that I need 125 coaches that I train that all end up having a million people they impact by the time they die, and I need to do that over the next 10 years because that's how I get to 125 million people. The podcast and the two, three, four million—not even four million, two to three million people that have listened to it. I guess that's impact. I look at more of my clients, their immediate circle, their influence. I share all this because it's so often that we beat ourselves up for the disappointment that we have in ourselves and we forget the fact that just by owning it and moving forward, we're able to forgive. Because there's literally not a person that I know that has not made a mistake. There's not a person that I know that has not forgotten to call someone back. There's not a person that I know that has every day of every, every minute of every day figured out perfectly. But there are plenty of people that I know that once they are faced with the facts, with the truth of their life, are afraid to own what they have done wrong and they run from it like it's the plague. And when I see that happening, what ends up almost always transpiring is the fact that they don't get ahead as quickly as they could. Because so so much of life is the understanding that we don't have this all figured out. And the, the disappointment that you have in yourself, just as I have in myself, is a choice to remain in that mindset. Why would you stick around disappointment? Why wouldn't you own it, realize why it existed, Find some sort of message, peace, power, and then production on the backside and shift away from it. Why would you stay there? Like I felt like shit for five minutes. And then I chose to leave then. Same way that you get to choose to leave or that you choose to stay. I shared with Smalls and I'll share with you. An incredibly brilliant gentleman by the name of Dr. Joe Dispenza shared, and I'm going to give a Cliff Notes version because I'm sure I will butcher it, but you are either defined by a memory of your past or by a vision of your future. And if I stick in the moment of being disappointed, it means I'm being defined by a vision of my past because I can only be disappointed in my past actions. My future version of myself is going to achieve much greater things than how I've already acted. It's going to do that from a higher sense of awareness. It's going to do that because I care enough about it that as Smalls and I wrap up what turns into an hour and 10 minute phone call, we make commitments to check in with one another. I share with him my schedule and how that's going to look over the next 14 weeks of my life with how the coaching clients are striking out and that it has to be before a certain time on Monday or after a certain time on Friday or at some point as I'm driving home because he and I have become so disconnected he didn't realize that I worked out of an office that's 30 minutes away from the house. All this comes down to is communication and owning it. And the people that love you and support you are going to be okay with you owning your situation. And the ones that don't are the ones you need to escort out of your life anyways. Because energetically, those people are keeping you stuck. So where in your life right now are you disappointing yourself and you're keeping yourself stuck? I'm going to guess certainly at this point, at the end of January... There's a good chance you're a, little dis- you're a little disappointed in your performance in the gym. Maybe you didn't go quite as many times as you wanted to. Maybe you slipped a little bit on the weekend and had some bad food. Maybe you haven't been as steadfast to your New Year's resolutions as you hoped, and you're beating yourself up for it. I beg you in this moment to drop that right where it sits, right where you hear this message, and shift away from that. Be defined by a vision of the future, not a memory of the past. Know what you're capable of going forward, not what you've already done up till now. Let's talk about relationships. I'm the king of this. If I had let my past indiscretions determine my future successes, I would be screwed. Maybe that's your story too. Maybe you've not treated your significant other with the respect that they deserve. Maybe you've been unfaithful in past relationships. Maybe you've dated multiple people at the same time. That does not have to define who you are. It just was a momentary glimpse of who you were. What about business? Business could be the easiest one of all of them. Where are you disappointing yourself in business? Where are you just probably punching the clock, showing up, going through the motions, doing the bare minimum, getting, expecting to get ahead, hoping to get ahead, but not knowing how to get ahead? Quit beating yourself up. And focus on the future of what's possible. And when you can ingrain focusing in the future, mirrored with your purpose, mirrored with meaningful and impactful goals, I guarantee that every day after, you get shit done.